Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our healthy living coaches, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, as they engage in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovation, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your business and personal navigational skills for ultimate achievement. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Welcome to our Star Style Power Party. Hello. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to the airwaves under the airway, under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. And we're your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are hoping that you will enjoy this show thoroughly today because we have a lot of fun information and also important information coming up in segment one. We're going to talk about bone health. We hardly ever think about it, and it's very important. And then, of course, it's summer, and it's mid-July, and it is hot outside. But as gardeners, we still have work to do, so what are our options? We're going to kind of keep cool while we're getting some chores done, so we're going to be going into the garden for that. And in our final segment, we're going to talk about emotional eating because um, what happens when you get stressed is that you might just reach for that bag of chips or, or, you know, the whole thing of ice cream or whatever. And so we're going to learn how to curb our appetite. So that'll be our show for today with lots of good information. The Miracle Moment is by Soren Kierkegaard, and it is Life Must Be Lived forward, but it can only be understood backward. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the truth? It's, you know, what yeah. they all, what's the other saying is hindsight is twenty twenty. If only exactly. we could see the, in the future and behind. I mean, but if we could see in the future, Heather, I'm not so sure we would go there. Well, this show <laughs> is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity, so make sure to visit btsya.org or bethestarur.org for all the latest and check out our blogs. We have new blog posts every couple of days. So, Heather, I was just telling you before we started that I have been really working, definitely getting my bones, them bones, them bones, kind of, I don't want to say exercise, but building them up because I'm cleaning out a shed, and oh my gosh, it's so much work, and it's a lot of strength training. But um, tell us about what we need to kind of know about bones. I know there's 206 bones in our body, and most of us don't know how to take care of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you know, and a lot of times people don't even think about their bones, and especially women. Women 
uh, things you can't avoid when it comes to osteoporosis or things that affect your bones and, and uh, your density uh, diminishing is women are already at a greatly or significant, significant um, more risk for having bone fractures and osteoporosis and just bone thinning overall. And that's because of the hormones in our body. But a lot of women don't even think about their bones until they're about pre-menopausal or even menopausal when the bone diminishing has already begun. And as we get older and wiser, we start caring more and more our health. Um, but we should start at a young age, especially in the beginning. And some of the things, your bones are always making new bones, um, in a way, actually. Well, actually, until about age 30, um, that's when your bones um, aren't really adding any more mass to it. And between um, the age of 20 Do they start decreasing then at around 30? Does the, um, does no, the so strength? actually up until um, about age 22, about 90% of your bone mass is created. About age 30, that's pretty much your complete mass. And then up until um, about menopausal time or maybe prior before, unless you've been predisposed, you have family history or... Um, there could be, you know, other relating things that could, could be affecting your bone mass. Um, then that's sort of like your maintaining process in there is right then is that's when your body kind of starts, the enzymes aren't making, excuse me, your body isn't uh, generating as much anymore. It's sort of, it keeps going and going, and now you're just sort of maintaining that for a while. Um, but you can do so many things that when you get to that age to help um, your body not diminish, to continue to maintain. And as I said, one of the things, um, especially for women, uh, is that when they hit menopause is that their bone mass goes. And uh, what they think, they don't really know um, exactly why, uh, but estrogen um, helps to maintain uh, bone density. And that's why um, researchers think that when you hit menopause, your body isn't making that anymore so that the... the um, bone density starts to diminish. Um, some things you said as you were cleaning the shed today, um, for you, for your age being a little bit older, you might not be, you're not building anymore, but you're sure doing a great job of maintaining that strength. And that's by getting in exercise. And that cannot be expressed enough of overall just every day. You know, we're supposed to get uh, about 10,000 steps. They say, you know, 50 minutes of play of physical activity. Um, and by exercising, you say not only do you help to increase um, all other things in your body, but that will help maintain or increase um, the bone density in your body. And I know you're someone who really likes yoga, and they've actually shown studies that women who do just 12 minutes of yoga a day um, that showed a sig uh, significantly improve their bone density um, in their spines and in their femurs over time. And so just that thing, and that goes with, you know, stretching our muscles and something too thinking about stretching our muscles and our bodies and, and exercise is posture. Um, so oh, you know, that's what I never think about, posture. And and I think is um, posture is I you know in in uh, the form of exercise that I teach that's such a significant thing is we're always talking about you know pressing your shoulders down and back lifting your chest walking around you know sort of walking tall or walking you know loud and proud kind of feeling and with that when you see you know people with good posture it really also you know kind of puts out all you know that 
strength and you see just, it looks like, I definitely notice when people have good and bad posture. And one of my pet peeves is I hate when tall women have a hunch over a bad posture and I think, oh, you're tall and beautiful, stand up tall. And I think it's because everyone else is so much shorter, so they're so used to kind of hunching that down. I think just stand up. But um, what also happens with that over time, um, your poor posture it could lead to um, kind of pressing on the vertebrae. And when you have poor posture, um, not only does it cause more pressure on um, individual vertebrae and your bones, um, but you start as you start projecting your stomach out more. And we always talk about, you know, those big, strong belly breaths, you know, taking and holding in your breath. And when you stand up tall, you should really pull in your side. And that can actually start to give you a protruding belly. And that can be something too. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Holding in your stomach can give you a protruding no, belly? No, no. No, the other way. Standing, no, I was talking okay. about the breath that we say, you know, breathing from your diaphragm. People um, who have bad posture over time, and that can also be um, if you're someone who had good posture and now is starting to struggle to have good posture, those can be early signs of osteoporosis or that there is some bone density or something going on um, within your bones. Um, what I was saying is when you have bad posture, when you are kind of hunched over, it causes your, your belly to protrude out. And over time, um, that sort of, you see, you can see that sometimes in um, women that are a little bit older that may be otherwise thin, but kind of almost have that, uh, looks like, like almost a little pregger's belly, like, you know, not quite, just something that, like this little belly. Like a distended, um, kind of a little bit distended belly. Exactly, and that's um, a lot of times that's caused by posture because your body that's you're not able to pull it in. That's your point. It's you know something that we did when we were kids, and it I guess it was for posture, but we felt that it helped our waist be smaller. Is that um, my mom used to always say, "Suck in your breath and hold it for sixty seconds," you know. And then, or try, you know, start at 30, 40, 50, whatever, and keep going up. And then hold it as long as you can and really suck it in. And what was interesting is, I guess it just teaches your muscles, besides sitting up straight, it teaches your muscles to be, to be tight. Uh, you yeah, know, well, I can so go your one step further with that, I, and so that your brain and your muscles still um, receive oxygen. I'm going to say, breathe, take big inhales in, hold in your breath, not hold in your breath, hold in your abs. Continue to breathe just as right now. I'm sucking in my abs. I'm pulling it in. And what you're doing is you're contracting um, your core muscles. You're transverse abdominis. Those are your deep muscles underneath. And when you do that, it actually, when you pull in your abs and you kind of lift your chest, it does this whole kind of spinal thing. I was you know, almost like that little puppet thing. So that's good for your posture, good for your belly, and good for your bones. Um, something I know that uh, you've had a friend before, and I, I'm always someone, you know, anytime I hear there's some kind of new testing or something, I feel I want to do those testing because I want to know if I'm, you know, exposed to cancer or if there's something. Right, right. But sometimes those can have negative effects. And actually, right, there's um, a, you know, there's controversy over it because you can get a false positive or a false negative or people could get, you know, something that they'd be upset about, something that maybe they're never going to get. So yes. it's a positive and a negative. What what do you, what do you think about exactly. it? Exactly. Well, um, and so with these bone density tests, is usually they don't recommend them um, until routinely for women until they're about age sixty five. Again, getting menopausal, postmenopausal times, um, and but sometimes women have screened earlier. Now, if you have been uh, recommended by a doctor or have had family history or something that may be leading, uh, you know, always consult your doctor first before uh, electing to get any of these tests and. Oftentimes, they have to be recommended as is. 
Um, but um, it's a high, it's a, an exposure, um, with some of these tests that it's a radiation exposure, that are these intense x-rays, so that down the line could have potential exposure to you. The, the test itself um, is said to be uh, rather painful, uh, painless, um, but there could be potential side effects eventually down the road. Um, so just holding off on those things is, you know, that you want to uh, have as little uh you know, a little to yourself, um, exposure to radiation. So, again, always consult your doctors before getting in these things. Another thing is supplements. Now, I am someone we've talked before about, I, I'm all for supplements. Again, they're supposed to be supplemental. Um, but Well, and, and you've got to be careful of supplements, too, because they're not regulated. So they can make every kind of claim, and it could be false. Yes, and we actually did a show on this previously. You guys can archive that up and to find out about more information on that. But um, with supplements, is, again, remember, they're supposed to be supplemental. So there could be, you know, you could already have something that, um, you know, I, for example, I, I have a potassium deficiency. So I, not only do I try to include a lot of potassium in my diet, I also take supplements because I need to get that additional amount um, because potassium is good for so many things in your house. But um, for your body, the best way to get um, calcium is from actual uh, calcium sources. And and don't you think that that limits it just to dairy because uh, calcium is found. There's calcium in orange juice. There's calcium in, um, um, oh, gosh, what's it? Popeye, uh, spinach, there's and leafy greens. So it's right. Really lots of all leafy around. greens. There's calcium is a really big in it. So yeah, there's lots of good ways that to get and calcium is what's going to build your bones or keep exactly. them stronger. I guess exactly. But there, you know, there is no harm. I'm someone I cannot take those big, uh, those big heavy, those big. I don't know. No, I call them horse pills. I can't take them either. <laughs> so I actually each day I chew. Um, it's a hundred milligrams of. Uh, calcium, and it has uh, 400 to 800, uh, I use a vitamin D. And vitamin D and calcium go very one-on-one. So if you potentially have a vitamin D deficiency, um, if you're unable to get it within your food, you know, it could be areas you're located, uh, nature exposure, whatever, um, it's good to then have a supplemental. So I, each day, I chew these two little chews, and even though I do um, consume some dairy and leafy greens, I just like having that as that additional amount because maybe some days I'm not hitting the mark or I think I am. I just like having that extra little bit and it kind of mentally makes me feel good and it's a little chew so it's not too bad. Um, as I spoke on before about that belly, about you know pulling in your abs and that belly fat, well there's always been, um, inf- well always, well recent information talking about how uh, extra, you know, a little extra cushion, cushion around your belly um, can be very dangerous for you because it's visceral fat. And uh, there used to be a, kind of an opposite thought when it came to uh, bone density and osteoporosis. They thought that as you aged, having a little bit more fat around your belly was actually better, that it was cushioning. And what they found now is that's the opposite um, is that what happens um, is that potentially uh, with this actual fat soluble is that your body um, isn't able to, um, uh, what do you call it, isn't, isn't able to absorb, that's the word. I can't absorb it. able to absorb uh, calcium or vitamin D as much, and that's what causes um, vitamin D deficiencies, um, which also affects calcium. So it's kind of putting that into, you know, retrospect, protecting your belly, pulling it in good posture, 
think about what you eat and consume and what your day um, consists of. I'm someone in the morning, sometimes I'm a coffee person, sometimes I'm a tea person, but they've actually showed that starting the day off um, with about uh, three cups of black tea um, has actually shown uh, to promote uh, sort of uh, bone mat- uh, maintaining it, that it's helped to show maintaining it over time. What also, about uh, weight training? Or, you know, using weight weights. Training. Yes, exactly. That's a great thing. As we talked about, you know, how your, your muscles, weight training and strength training, um, think about that strength. It's not just working into your muscles. It's also working into your bones. And that's where I think, uh, you know, kind of looking at these checklists here, I, knock on wood, have never broken a bone. The worst I've done, I've, I've stress fractured some things, which is basically kind of cracking it. But those, the worst that was is I did that to... Um, uh, I've done that to two toes, which you'd be amazed that, right, those teeny little things, how incredibly painful it is. But I've never They're really and painful, would... and it takes, and you can't really do anything but tape them together, and, yeah. and then you got to wait a few worst. months, and you can't wear shoes. you got to wear flip-flops or go barefoot. Yeah, toes are the worst. It's crazy. Something so little can hurt so much. Um, but uh, what I was saying is, I was someone as a kid that I always exercised, play sports, but I used to joke that I drink so much, you know, always had milk and calcium and I have such strong, you know, bones, that my, you know, big bones. Um, and that's true that, you know, that those healthy things have led to, you know, the stronger density that hopefully I can maintain throughout the years. Um, but something that I do too is I eat it more for potassium, but snacking on bananas, um, which are full of potassium, as I just said, actually helps increase bone strength um, by reducing the, uh, uh, the resorption. So um, something that uh, potassium from bananas also help do is with sodium. They help sort of reabsorb, absorb out sodium. As we know that sodium, you, your body does need a particular amount of sodium, um, which is found with inside your body, but um, it doesn't need that much. And that's why we know that sodium affects our cholesterol, our, our blood pressure, our heart, all those kinds of things. So by eating bananas, um, it will uh, give your body uh, more potassium and it will help reduce your sodium absorption, which then intake helps promote calcium absorption. So, um, Isn't that interesting? Science. I mean, it's so interesting how the body works and how scientific things work together and how chemicals react. And, you know, I'm always fascinated by that. But there really, in our, um, in our modern society, there shouldn't be any reason that people can't get enough calcium in their diet. Yeah, and... And again, little tricks that you can do too. One thing that I know I'm missing the benchmark on, um, but getting enough sleep. As we know, chronic uh, sleep disorders cause so many different things that our body, we don't really know the true science behind sleep, why we have to sleep, but we regenerate cells, our brain cells, our skin cells. That's why, you know, when you've got a good night's sleep, your face, you look replenished, and when you haven't, you look dry and worn out, and people can tell that kind of thing. Um, Amazing things happen when we sleep. Our body needs sleep, and that kind of that whole thing, it allows our body to rebuild uh, bone and density over time. Um, Other things that could affect your health, or excuse me, affect your your bone density, and put you more at risk for osteoporosis or uh, bone fractures. If you have other things leading into it, celiac disease, hypertension, uh, type 2 diabetes, sleep apnea, asthma, um, all things, you know, your body is this amazing working uh, machine. Everything kind of needs to flow together um, or there's little uh, mishaps with this. So if you're suffering from any of those uh, chronic diseases, talk to your doctor um, because your calcium absorption might be something that's being overlooked. 
overlooked because you're focusing on that. And in turn, sometimes some of these medications um, that you're taking to help relieve um, these chronic uh, disorders uh, can also affect the absorption of calcium within your body. You might hear those little quick blurbs on TV when they say it really fast. So talk to you with your doctor about all those things so that uh, you know that you're getting the overall thing uh, for your health and that as you age that you'll just continue to be making that mass and uh, not deplenishing it. Well, you know, that's a really good point that you bring up um, right there about, you know, checking, seeing if you're getting enough of your calcium, et cetera, because if you are taking any medications for anything else, you know, whether it's high blood pressure or you're going under chemotherapy or radiation, it may be zapping you. So always let your doctor know everything that you're taking, not just, you know, one ache and pain. You, they need to know a full, um, a full hi- a medical history. And that's why it's probably a good idea to go, if you're going to the doctor, take a list of all the supplements you take as well as any medications so that you can see if any are counter and, and you know, countering each other. Exactly. Well, I have to, and, we have to keep uh, our bones always- healthy. <laughs> and just gonna the last thing here is also to um, if you have multiple doctors, share all that information between doctors because um, again they could put you on things that could be uh, uh, conflict with the other things. And also if you go to the doctors and they measure you and you have shrunk, it's true we do start to shrink over time. And when people say you know I'm big boned or oh you've got little bones, big boned you want to build that mass. Um, you know, as we as we grow older, you want to have that mass in your body. But as we age, especially as women, that mass begins to shrink. And um, a lot of times, what happens over time, over three or four decades, um, the vertebrae um, in our spine beha- become uh, dehydrated and start to compress. And that's normal. You always, you know, people over time start shrinking. If you have a significant, um, not uh, just a you know quarter of inch thing of a couple inches over time, that could be something more significant um, that there could actually be, uh, you know, a disc uh, dysplasia. Um, talk with your doctor. If you were have just shrunk that much, most likely you would be um, probably feeling some kind of pain from that, of probably why your posture is hunched and this and that. Um, but, yes, if you experience a significant um, height reduction in a very uh, short amount of time, talk with your doctor because something deeper within your bones could be going on. Yes, and if you work really hard or grow up on a farm like I did, you are rest assured you're going to have some disc and spinal <laughs> issues as you age. And I'm experiencing now, and I keep like thinking I'm going to go right through it, but I've definitely lost uh, lost height for sure. Uh, I still think big, but I'm getting shorter. And, you know, when you say about the uh, losing height, I've just noticed it with older people in general, like a couple of my aunts who are in their 80s, and they're just as active as, you know, ever, and they look great and all of that stuff. But they're so much shorter now. They're, they're a couple of inches shorter. So <laughs> it is kind of, you know, it is kind of funny um, that we tend to, it's like, I know that I, I've had actually a cousin say to me, gosh, when we were young, I just looked up to you all the time. And now he's like <laughs> six, three or six, four. And when he last saw me, he said, and now I realize you're not that tall. <laughs> and I told him, yes, I'm going to get shorter. So Heather, this is a really good segment on bones. So we just remember everyone that 
our bones are our skeleton. They're what keep us uh, upright and keep us from, you know, like slithering on the ground. So we really do have to take care of all those 206 bones in our body. We don't want to get um, get frail. We will all get old no matter what, but we can still stay strong with some of these tips by Heather. Do you want to wrap it up or are, are just give out the websites? I think I'm going to give out the website. So we want you to go to starstyleradio.com as well as be the star you are org. That's perfect. And when we come back from break, we are going to get a bit of exercise because we're going to go out into the garden. And gardening has proven to be one of the top um, the top exercises that you can do and you can grow older with it and keep your bones nice and healthy. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are coming live to you from um, the Voice America Network, and this is the Empowerment Channel. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you've been listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and we'll be right back for our hot, hot, hot gardening segment. The star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called. Well, we are going to go into the garden now. Since uh, Heather has prepped us on that, we have to keep our bones healthy. There's probably not too many ways. Um, better than getting a really good bone health between swimming, bicycling, and gardening. And gardening is the number one hobby in the United States. It's kind of an interesting thing. But it's been so hot lately, and uh, we just want to, uh, when we go outside, you know, we need to know how to kind of keep cool and 
keep our gardens growing even in the heat. And, you know, for me, when it is a hot outside, not like the 120 in Arizona, but if it's 100, I still want to be out in the garden. I find it really, the warmer it is outside, the more challenging it is for me to be in my office writing articles or to be in my studio producing these radio shows because I feel like nature is beckoning me to go nurture it for the summer. So every day um, before work, after work, I spend some hours uh, digging in the dirt, you know, whether it's real early morning or after dusk. Sometimes it's even with a flashlight, but I do feel like it helps my body. It kind of keeps me in shape. My gardening wardrobe, don't laugh, but it usually consists of my bathing suit and shorts, (laughs) which, and this is in the summer, obviously which allows me a very quick cool down with just a spray from the garden hose. You know, Heather was was working in her garden recently, and she telephoned me to say that she was carrying on the family tradition. She said, hey, Mom, I realize they come from a long line of bikini gardeners, and she was laughing. And I thought, oh, that would be maybe a good a good title for my next gardening book, The Bikini Gardener. But then perhaps readers would expect to see beautiful bikini-clad bodies. And I, the only pictures I have are really of gorgeous gardens. And I, I, I kind of promise I'm not, I don't want to be photographed. But that is true. Uh, one of the things in our family, and it's been like that since we were little kids growing up on the ranch, is we always had our boots on, normally cowboy boots because they could protect us from the rattlesnakes. And then we would just wear bathing suits, um, no matter what we were doing, driving tractor, working in the garden. That was just our clothes. And what is interesting is as adults, the girls, my sisters and I, uh, in the family, they, we all do, we all garden like this. And now it's passing down to the next generation. So it is hot outside. And yet we gardeners have some work to do. We have to be water conscious if you're in a water conscious area. Um, yet we are going to see bare spots in our landscape and we do usually want to make that kind of our personal paradise a little more beautiful place. So here are a few options for you. So first of all, planting annuals and perennials offers um, the answers to filling in those, those areas that just never seem to have the right amount of sparkle to them. And, you know, between... If you're, if even in the city, I mean, even if you're in town, I know there's raccoons and skunks, but if you're kind of in the suburbs or out in the country, between the turkeys and the deer and all the other animals, you know, the coyotes, our landscapes have a lot of hurdles to overcome and we do want to succeed. These are a few of my favorite recommendations for adding a little bit of individuality and a little spark and a little you know, excitement without too much water um, and or too much work. Now, one thing I really like are the sun-loving vinca. They're Cathinarthus rosarius, and they crave six hours of sunlight a day, and they do well in extreme heat, and they're really colorful. A plant could have, they could have three or four colors on them, violet, peach, white, bright pink. And I've seen these annuals on sale at garden centers for, as little as like $4 a gallon or um, maybe they'll do three for 10 or that. So it really offers a kaleidoscope of shades at some very good prices. And I have had, I've kept some of mine in pots now for about a month and a half and they're still blooming great and they're in my garden and they're blooming great. So I think that's a good one. Lantano, uh, one 
the staff's minimal water or maintenance, and it is a perennial. Butterflies, hummingbirds, and bees are just attracted to that highly scented flowers, although some humans fight find that plant a little bit too stinky. The deer are repelled by lantana, and some cultivars have variegated leaves. All of them are evergreen, and uh, they bloom all year long. I, I, I like trailing lantana on a hillside or spilling out of a container if you have that. Now, if you want uh, something to grow high and wide by the shrub variety, that could go 3 to 10 feet. And it comes in many different colors, orange, yellow, purple, pink, and white. I remember growing up as a kid on our farm, we had the orange and yellow one. And just watch your kids for this because I guess when the flowers were done, it would make these little blackberries. And uh, my siblings and I would have contests of how many blackberries of these blackberries we could stuff up our noses. I know that sounds horrible. And it was horrible because we ended up in the hospital because we had so many lantana berries in our noses. But, um, you know, kids will be kids when you're like three and four. Now, if you're looking for a really easy care container garden, uh, consider the decorations collection from J. Berry Nursery. They are combining like high quality plants um, paired with stylish functional containers and it's just a very turnkey patio prettiness. So I have the, the um, lantana, azaleas and hibiscus from them. So I thought that you may um, like that. Have you ever grown okra? You might want to experiment with seeds from botanical interests. Uh, they're a spineless productive plant. And they have flowers that kind of look like hollyhocks, but the pods are full-bodied and delectable, especially if you make gumbo. Now, none of the marauding animals in my garden seem to be interested in nasturgium, so that makes nasturgium such an excellent choice when you're looking for a creeping specimen with edible leaves and flowers. You can get seeds from Renee's garden, and I use the big lily pad-looking leaves as wraps instead of bread. And then I let the flowers uh, embellish my salads and plates. And then in the heat of summer, you do have to remember, and the nasturtiums are going to die back. Collect the seeds, and then you can just throw them in other areas, and they'll grow or give them away to friends. And, um, you know, they'll offer you another delicious, pretty crop next season. The next thing I love are sunflowers. They just make me happy. They have those big, bright, cheery faces. They stand tall at the back of the garden, reminding us that summer is in full swing. And then when they're dry, you can eat the seeds or share them with the birds. Uh, if you want to make a really pretty flower arrangement, combine hydrangeas with sunflowers and maybe even some white roses, and you'll get something beautiful. Now, if you want to plant a native tree that's going to thrive with no care, and even less um, water while flowering for a couple of months with fronds of a creamy crepe myrtle-like, you may want to try California buckeye. I love buckeyes. Um, they are endemic to the California hillside. So if you're not in California, you'll, you can get buckeye, but it won't be the California one. And uh, if you can get them to grow on your property, you will really enjoy them. Now, roses, I just spoke of roses, they really are a must for every garden. And as you know, I'm particularly fond of David Austin roses, and I've planted an additional dozen this past spring. Um, although bare root arrives in January or February, a rooted rose in a gallon container will thrive when planted correctly in the summer. So water deeply until established, deadhead the blooms regularly for a display of beauty through the winter. Uh, just remember when you buy a quality rose, it requires very little care. 
while bolstering the drama of the garden. And if you want the website for David Austin Roses, it is just the name, davidaustinroses.com. Something else that's uh, a, a very versatile and natural are the, um, the yara, which is actually a member of the sunflower family. Now, like sunflowers, yarrow is deer resistant. So Achilles, the great Greek god, unfortunately failed to paint uh, his heel with a tincture of yarrow to make his body invulnerable to arrows, and we know the rest of the story. So these uh, fern-like silver-gray leaves mark a fast-growing native, and they have fat um, and flat clusters of florets. And you can get them in yellow, white, apricot, red, pink, depending on the variety. I recently saw something interesting called sea holly thistle, a prickly textured plant with leaves that look like an artichoke and a, real, a really pretty purple flower. So it's a sun lover. The bees love it. The deer don't. And it just makes really striking arrangements. And then um, the real jewel I'm crazy about are oriental wind poppies. They take two years to bloom. They hate transplanting, but once you sow them, you'll enjoy them forever because they bring they uh, they bring so much um, so so many pollinators to your garden, and they bloom from spring through summer. And another great Asian contribution are the Asiatic lilies. Oh, I love the deep variety of Lilium speciosum, uh, but any of the Asiatic lilies are something to include. So plant bulbs, and you'll get a very happy surprise because. They, too, will burst into bloom, um, you know, year after year after year. So uh, hopefully you'll go out into the garden and get your energy pumped and your bones doing a little bit better and a little bit stronger. And when we come back from break, we are going to talk more about health. It's sort of just a health, a very healthy show today when we talk about how to curb your appetite because I know in an entertainment, uh, radio business, anything that we're working in, you know, there's a, just a lot of stress and stuff that goes on. So we probably need to know how to uh, only eat when we're hungry. So you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and we'll be right back when uh, this break is over. So don't go away. The Star You Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Work and family balance is critical to both health, wellness, and prosperity. And more companies are realizing that if their employees enjoy enough time with family and loved ones, that their long-term productivity at work increases. Employers can take steps to make the workplace a more supportive and flexible environment, make it acceptable for people to talk about their families. With so many single parents and a majority of women in the workforce, everyone from the CEO to the janitor is juggling to have a life of balance. Open communication about family commitments and work duties is imperative if we're going to transform and transfuse our culture with family-friendly companies. Your children and your company will be the real winners. Implement balance in your personal life for a better bottom line. And always remember that it's you that are the star of your own performance. You can turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite. For coaching or consultations, call 925-377-STAR. That's 925-377-7827. And visit CynthiaBryan.com. 
cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is Well, woohoo, I'm so happy you stayed with us because this is going to help you eat properly and not get into that daily grind of the turbulent emotional stress. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. We all try to be superhumans and we all just try to get through the day and we can't wait to get just to get home and put our feet up from time to time. But what happens in between when we have tight dead deadlines and all these unpredictable events that happen and maybe some breaking news that you've got to do immediately, you know, we often will succumb to what's called emotional eating binge. So curbing our appetite is something that could be really, really critical. We do need to food, you know, to fuel our muscles, obviously. But what many people don't understand is that food also feeds our feelings. So sometimes eating is triggered by an emotion rather than a psychological hunger and that is called emotional eating. And unfortunately, it comes at a cost to our health. It's really different from being physically hungry uh, because when you get um, emotionally hungry, you, you just get this, it strikes really suddenly, whereas the rumblings of a physiological hunger, that kind of occurs gradually. Now, what happens is emotional hunger is a psychological need to fill a void, and it generally involves a craving for a specific food, a comfort food. On the other hand, a physiological hunger can be satisfied with a variety of foods, and it's not focused on any one item. It's just it's more like enjoying your meal. So, um, you know, have you ever had, you know, like if you're having a really bad day or and you just want to eat some ice cream, or you just feel like you have to have hot chocolate, or you want to eat a bag of chips, something like that, but you don't really, you're not really hungry, you're just eating to, you know, to fill that void. Well, that's a comfort food. They're foods that you crave to obtain a good feeling when you're in a negative mood, like maybe when you're, you're angry at somebody, or you're really feeling sad, something, you know, something not so good happened, or maybe you're depressed in some way because, it, you know, life isn't going the way you want it to. 
So you might reach for those comfort foods to sustain the, the good, the positive emotions that you would feel when you're happy or elated. And that's why comfort foods can become dangerous because usually they're very unhealthy choices. Now, what are the most popular comfort foods? Uh, I'm sure everybody out there is just saying, well, for women, we know it's going to be chocolate and sweets. And that would be right. Uh, It's chocolate, ice cream, and cookies, actually. And men, men um, gravitate towards food that is a little more substantial. They want pizza, steak, casseroles, potato chips, you know, tortilla chips, that kind of thing. When um, a physiological hunger is satisfied, you actually will stop eating. Whereas when you're eating to satisfy an emotional need, you're more likely just to continue eating past the point of being full. Emotional eating often results in feelings of guilt. And you just feel awful after you, you turn around and you look and you realize that entire bag of potato chips is gone. Or that entire half gallon of ice cream. I used to just love eating ice cream. No matter happy or sad, I always would eat ice cream. And I could I could out-eat, you know, a lot of people can drink somebody under the table. I could out-eat you in ice cream. I just loved it. So what are the dangers of this emotional eating? When you're eating emotionally and uh, when you don't really, you know, when you're really not hungry, you're going to consume more calories than what your body needs. And if those extra calories aren't used, like if you don't exercise, you don't go out in the garden, you don't swim, you don't bike, you know, you don't go play ball, whatever, um, you don't go to the gym, it could lead to really serious health issues, uh, I, ob- obesity, type 2 diabetes, even cardiovascular disease. Now, how do you learn to manage your emotions? If you, as a child, were given food as a reward to cope with your emotions, that would be like, you know, you were given, you were given cake or, you know, some kind of treat just to cheer you up. You probably never learned to manage your emotions properly. So what happened is that food becomes your friend and it becomes your only strategy to resolve that emotional distress, and you risk the associated dangers of overeating and eating unhealthy things. So as an adult, what can you do? Well, you have to take ownership of your emotions and your health. And that's a skill. You can learn that. You know, triggers, everybody has triggers, no matter who you are. It could be that you're bored, you're sad, you're scared, you're frustrated, you're lonely, you feel anxiety, um, you just feel out of control, you feel defeated, or you're trying to avoid something. So when you have that urge to eat, when you're feeling any of the emotions, maybe you can follow some of these alternatives to cope. One would be express your emotions rather than shove them down your throat with food Maybe you should just get a journal out or you know, a piece of paper, write your feelings down. Or maybe it's time to call a friend and let them know what's going on. Or you know, send an email to yourself just so you remember. You may need to get physical or productive. And that's what we were talking about earlier. You, know, you can do something that's going to get your body moving. Um, I love the saying that motion is lotion. So go for a walk, jog, play with your pet, play a game, go to the gym, you know, whatever it is, um, ride your bike, roll on the grass, you know, run through the sprinklers, wash the car, clean the house, do the laundry, whatever, vacuum. I I was vacuuming yesterday and realized, wow, it really is a workout. 
So another one would be to calm yourself, do some meditation. Heather was talking about yoga. Yoga is another thing that people like to do. And, you know, if everything um, fails, find help. Get into an individual or group counselor because that might be an effective way to cope with emotional stress. And most of all, have some fun. Find ways to laugh and to enjoy yourself. Now, be aware of your behavior. Be careful not to substitute your emotional coping mechanism, which is your eating, with one that can lead to nothing, something else that would be more addictive and out of control, such as drugs, alcohol, gambling, shopping, you know, any of those things that you could become addicted to. Be very careful of that. The solution to emotional eating is recognition. Like anything in life, you can't change it until you know that it's happening. So the next time that you're reaching for that bag of chips, say to yourself, am I physically hungry? And then kind of rate your hunger on a scale of one to 10, you know? One, you're ravenous, 10, you don't, you're gonna, you feel sick. So if if you're really hungry, maybe eat it, something. But try to fill yourself up with fruits and vegetables. That would be much better for you and then note what food that you're craving and that exercise is going to help you identify whether you need you know what whether when you're eating if you're eating emotionally or if it's uh, physiological you know I mean if you really are hungry maybe you've been exercising a lot so you really are hungry so you got to be careful with that so it may not be necessary to completely and eliminate your comfort foods from your eating plan but if you can eat them mindfully and some, you know, and with some restraints, like maybe put, put something in a smaller cup. If you're going to have ice cream, instead of using that great big, huge bowl, you know, just use the, a little tiny bowl. I think that will be just as helpful. So get a small bowl and maybe put three tablespoons in. If you're going to eat chips, maybe get out a bowl and just throw some chips in there instead of grabbing the whole bag. So all of those things are important for you um, to do so that you're not doing any emotional eating. And when you practice dealing with your emotions, then you're going to moderate your cravings and that's going to help you enormously. So... That's um, what we wanted to talk about for our emotional uh, eating today. And the next thing I just want to um, give you a little rundown, and that is because we are, have been talking about, um, ab- about being outside, is how careful that we all need to be. We need to be so incredibly careful about the mosquitoes and the bloodsuckers that are out there this year because they are truly, truly everywhere. And uh, it's, a, it's, a bit, it's a bit frightening when you start thinking how often um, they're biting us and what kind of diseases that they could be carrying. So have there, here's five ways to keep your mosquitoes at bay. First of all, you want to hunt for the breeding grounds. You might not think that your yard is filled with stagnant water, but did you know that mosquitoes can breed in something as small as a bottle cap? So be really careful. You can blow them away. Um, Mosquitoes are really, really work. um, They're weak flyers. So any breeds that you have that's stronger than a mile an hour, 
is enough to deter them. On a still day, you can grab a plug-in box fan to create that effect. Just make sure you point it at your lower extremities because that's where they're going to fly. And you don't want them just biting your legs and everything. It just, oh, it, it just hurts so much. And it itches so much. And then uh, stretch indoors. A mosquito zero in on tasty victims by searching for carbon dioxide. So uh, release more and you attract more hungry pets. Some factors that raise your CO2 production, such as pregnancy, are impossible to tone down. But you'll also pump out more while exercising or drinking alcohol. So mosquitoes don't fly very fast. So they can catch up. They can catch up with you when you're running. But you might notice that after you get about 10 bites, you're going you're gonna to want to stretch inside. So um, wear repellent. Experts, experts all agree that if you only do one thing to keep yourself safe, it is uh, to wear repellent before you spend time outdoors. And how much, um, how much time? Well, during the dawn and the dusk hours when the mosquitoes tend to be more active, you need to spray yourself even more, even if you are just going to the mailbox, because these little buggers are really, really determined. So uh, just make sure to spray yourself. Now, uh, some um, of the viruses that you've got to watch out for, of course, everybody's talking about Zika right now. Very scary for pregnant women, but they're not the only ones who could, should be worried because Zika infection produces a, a mild illness. But if you have like a Guillain-Barr syndrome or you have a neurological issue, it could be a, a problem. Now, other viruses besides Zika, of course, are the West Nile. You want to watch out for that. Dengue, dengue fever, that's another one. And symptoms of, for that are a high fever and um, headaches, eye pain, nosebleeds. And the problem is if you suspect any of these, go to your doctor, you know, right away. Because some of them, as you know, can be fatal. So um, don't just linger too long outside. That is the key. Well, that's the show for today. Thank you so much for listening to Heather and I every week here on Star Style Be The Star You Are. We broadcast from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. We hope that we are bringing you information and conversation that you can use to better your life, to be more successful, and to especially be very healthy and happy. For more information about Star Style Productions, visit CynthiaBryan.com. To get involved with Be The Star You Are charity or make a donation, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. That's BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, motivate. And we want you to see beyond your physical being and know that you are already a star. So just... Believe that you are have already achieved everything that you uh, need to achieve, and interestingly, it suddenly appears. So cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And until next week, when we do play here once again on our Star Style Playground, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And this is for Star Style, Be the Star You Are, thanking you and encouraging you to go out into the world and shine and be the star you are. 
dream, create, inspire, make a difference, and most of all, be here next week on Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel for Star Style. Be the star you are. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Be the star you are. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style. Be the star you are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.